0: Welcome to the Principles for Smart Living show where we talk about five things vitally important to smart living, which we call the Life Mastery Matrix. Those five things are faith, growth, excellence, contribution, and self-care. I'm your host, Conrad L. Jones, author and founder of PurposeUnleashed.com. Now that you are here, let's get started. If this is your first time joining me on the show, I want to say welcome and thanks for sharing your time with me. In our previous episode, we talked about the principle which says that who you believe you are deep down inside will eventually drive what you do, and whatever identity you embrace most will essentially shape the course of your life. In today's episode, let's continue our short journey, which I believe will help you connect with a deeper sense of who you are in Christ Jesus by discussing the five things that you are Not in the Bible, in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus makes a contrast between himself as the giver of life and abundance and the thief whose only goal is to take away life. Jesus said, This the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So, as you connect with your true identity in Christ, you've got to always be mindful of the thief that wants to rob you of all that God says that you can be, you can do, and you can have. More importantly, you've got to be careful of who you listen to and who you take advice from. Asaph, in his fabled story, tells a narrative about a crow and a fox. The story goes that a crow is sitting in a tree with a piece of cheese in its beak. A passing fox would like to eat the cheese and he tries to persuade and then to trick the crow to bring the cheese down or to drop it. The crow does not fall for this, so the fox tries flattery instead. The fox tells the crow how lovely his feathers are and how fine-looking his head is. Then the fox says how much he would like to hear the crow sing. Tricked by the flattery, the crow opens his beak to sing, dropping the cheese to the ground where the fox gobbles it up. Now, this story reminds me of a similar one in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 3. The serpent or the devil, hating the fact that mankind is created in the image and the likeness of God, and that man shares a beautiful relationship with God, that God comes and he meets with man and he walks with him and he talks with him in the cool of the evening every day. The serpent now begins to work his deception to disrupt that close union and fellowship. He approaches the woman and he says, did God really say that you can eat from any tree in the garden? The woman says to the serpent, she says, we may eat the fruit from all of the trees in the garden, but about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. The serpent says, no, you will not die. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. And as the rest of the story goes, they say the rest is history. So you've got to be careful of who you are listening to. I want to walk you through a few very powerful things that God has said about your identity and who you are, but before we jump deeper into that, let's expose some untruths which you should never accept about you. Let's talk about who you are not. Here are five things that you are not. One, you are not who the world says you are, and the world which refers to the evil system which is against God, it has an opinion of you, and that opinion is never good. Jesus said in John 15 and 18 to 19 that if the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of the world, because I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. So you are not who the world says you are. You can never really connect with your true identity based on the world's opinion of you because everything the world says about you comes from a place of hatred. So it will always be lies. Here's the second thing. You are not who you have often told yourself that you are. In the book of Judges chapter 6, the angel of the Lord walks up to Gideon who is hiding in a wine press threshing wheat, and he calls out to him and he says, Gideon, mighty man of valor. Instead of being excited about this, Gideon struggles with this new identity because all his life he has told himself that he is worthless and nothing good could ever come out of his life. His background has taught him that his family was the weakest tribe in the nation of Israel. His father's house was the poorest family in that tribe and he was the least significant person within his father's house. And because this was the identity that Gideon claimed for himself, he lived defeated until God shifted it. Wherever you have come from in your life, you cannot trust who you have told yourself you are. You can only trust who God says that you are. The third thing is that you are not defined by your mistakes. As Jesus was facing his final hours before he was crucified in Matthew chapter 25, he spent his last meal with his disciples and he told them, Tonight, I All of you will run away from me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. He said, but after I've been resurrected, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter, as you know, he is the brash one. Peter responds to Jesus by saying, even if everyone runs away because of you, I will never run away. Jesus looks at him, smiles, and he says, I assure you, tonight before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter says, even if I have to die with you, Lord, I will never deny you. Well, as the story plays out, Peter denies Jesus three times. And when he hears the cock crows, he remembers the words of Jesus and he runs outside sorrowfully and weeps bitterly. On the resurrection morning, when Jesus rose from the dead, Mary Magdalene And Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, they're carrying spices to anoint Jesus' body when they are confronted with an empty tomb. And an angel of the Lord is there, and he tells them that Jesus is risen, like he said, and to go tell the disciples and Peter to meet Jesus in Galilee, just like he asked them to do prior to the crucifixion. Now, what's important about this is Jesus did not reject or exclude Peter from being among the disciples because of his mistakes. But rather, you see, Jesus embraced him. And the point is that in the same way, you are not defined by your mistakes, but rather you are defined by who God says that you are in Christ Jesus. The fourth thing is that you are not defined by your experiences. The fourth thing is that you are not defined by your experiences. In John chapter 4, Jesus sits on a well in Samaria alone as all the disciples have gone away to find food. A woman comes to draw water, and he asks her for a drink. The woman is surprised at this request because she knows from experience that Jews do not associate with Samaritans, and she makes Jesus understand that she is fully aware of this. Jesus responds by saying, if you knew the gift of God and who was saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. The woman is a little bit confused about this because she still believes that Jesus is talking about the natural water, but he has switched to talking about spiritual things. To enlighten her a little more, Jesus says, to everyone who drinks from this water, they will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I give him, they will never get thirsty again, ever. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up within him for eternal life the woman even though she does not really understand what jesus is offering but she somehow knows it's something special she says sir give me this water so i won't get thirsty and come here to draw water anymore this is where the conversation gets interesting because jesus switches his focus again and he says to the woman go call your husband and come back here the woman responds by saying i don't have a husband To this, Jesus responds, you have correctly said, I don't have a husband for you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. It is at this point that the woman finally recognizes that she is speaking to a prophet and somehow, even though he seemed to know about her past and her experiences, he has not disqualified her from receiving what God wanted to give her. Even though he knew she moved from man to man and at present was living with someone who wasn't her man, Jesus did not define her by her experiences. Rather, Jesus opened the treasure of God's love to her and this changed her life. You are not defined by your experiences. Your identity is based on who God says that you are in Christ. The fifth thing is that you are not defined by your accomplishments. The story of the rich young ruler is recorded in Mark's gospel chapter 10 as Jesus was concluding a conversation with the Pharisees who were trying to trap him with questions about divorce and what Moses had said a rich young ruler enters the conversation just before he leaves off on a possible business trip When you examine his conversation with Jesus, you get the impression that his motives for seeking eternal life are really based around adding another accomplishment to his growing list of exploits. He asks Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus responds and says, you are acquainted with the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud and honor your father and mother. Now, the young ruler thinks to himself, is that all I need to do to possess eternal life? Well, I've got this one marked down. So he excitedly and he profoundly responds, I know these commandments well. As a matter of fact, I have observed and lived by them since I was much younger. However, Jesus, knowing that his focus is about being self-righteous, just like the Pharisees have been about working to do things that they somehow believe please God, Rather than embracing and becoming who God wanted them to be, Jesus suddenly pointed him in an unexpected direction. Jesus says, There is however one thing you lack. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this point, the young ruler slowly rises to his feet, and he walks away without saying another word because his heart is heavy. How could Jesus demand such a high price, such as getting rid of everything he had worked so hard to accomplish just to follow him? It was a difficult thing to do because his identity was built around what he had accomplished. But what he had failed to realize was that Jesus wasn't impressed by his accomplishments, but was offering him the chance to become someone accomplished, someone who could obey and follow God. You see, You are not defined by what you have or what you have not accomplished. Your identity is not derived from what you have done. Rather, it comes from who God says that you are. So if you are not who the world says you are, if you are not who you have often told yourself you are, if you are not defined by your mistakes, if you are not defined by your experiences, if you are not defined by your accomplishments, then what defines and shapes your identity and who you are? Well, In the next upcoming episode, we will look at three powerful things God says about who you are. We will talk about God's miracle in you, which is your new identity, so that you live with a deeper sense of worth and belonging because you belong to God. So stay tuned. Well, I hope you enjoyed this inspirational session and that it added value to you. If this episode has been a blessing to you and you want to download it, share it to bless your friends or grab the other free resources that we have available for you, visit us at purposeunleashed.com forward slash principles podcast. That's purposeunleashed.com forward slash principles podcast. Have a great day.